Hello friends, uh, welcome back to the Pure Joy Project. Um, we are, this is episode two, hopefully you got into episode one of 2020, the year of seeing straight, um, talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ um, and our Lord and what that looks like um, and why that will be the first step in you seeing straight in 2020. Um, this is episode two, like I said, we're talking about community, uh, accountability, and fellowship, um, that whole topic, the next step um, in Seeing Straight in 2020 is going to be this episode. So my name is Paul Lanigan. Uh, my name is Braden Best. And um, we're going to be going to God's Word to see what it says about these things, um, to give you personal account um, about like what he's done through community in our lives, uh, through fellowship in our lives and accountability, um, and just uh, hopefully through our experience and the wisdom he's gifted us to us asking for it, um, helping you guys in finding that next step in his will for you um, after you've developed that personal relationship. So uh, we want, I wanted to start out um, talking about each of us personally, what like community has done for us, the whole arc of it, which encompasses everything I've said and more. Um, so Brayden, talk to me about community in your life and what it's done. Yeah, so um, I have a, a really great church that I go to in, in Kansas City called Midtown Baptist Temple, and there's a, a big college and young adults ministry there, and and it is a community that is Bible-focused. We have a huge emphasis in our church on discipleship, and, you know, just last night I was hanging out with a bunch of other guys and a bunch of other guys who are disciplers and they're disciples, and it was just a good time. We hung out and stayed the night at my buddy's house and and talked about Jesus and, and who he is and what he's done for us. And, mm. um, you know, they, they say that you become the five people you're closest to. Mm. And I've been pretty lucky that most of those five have been people who are following Jesus. And I've been encouraged and pushed. And then when I was at school back at UCM, we had the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the FCA down there. Let's go. Uh, that was where my best friends were. On campus, you know, we had one guy who was the in charge of another ministry on campus. His name was Dominique, and he was a faithful brother as well. Mm. And spending time with him was always encouraging for me, and encouraged me to pursue the Lord more and repent of the areas where where I was in conflict with what God wanted out of my life. And that has really been one accountability. Is it? You know, we're gonna go into a lot of this, but. You know, the verse everyone thinks of is iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens his friend. Mm -hmm. Proverbs, Proverbs twenty seven seventeen. Yeah. Come on. And that is what community is supposed to be. And it's also, it's easier to be a bright light in a city on a hill when you're not alone. Mm. It's, it's far easier to show the love of Christ when you have others showing the love of Christ to you. Come on. And... So that's really what community has been for me. Those are two examples. I, again, I've been really blessed. I've been in some really great groups that have encouraged me to pursue the word of God and to mm. pursue my relationship with God. But that that's kind of a, if you're looking down from a plane, that's kind of an overview yeah. of the fellowship that I've had. Mm. Huge. That's skipping a lot of the process. The, the, like the, the way that fellowship consistently through both of our lives, um, has like refined us, um, how the Lord has used it. Um, so for me personally, um, I, this is where, if you listen to the last episode, Brandon and I met in the fellowship of Christian athletes at UCM, um, praise God for that group. 
yeah. uh, that community, yeah. um, how it spurs us on or how it spurred you on and how it continues to spur me on um, and and how it changed my life, really. Um, and alongside that, um, the camp I work at in the summer, Canicut Camps, the incredible mentors and faithful friends and fellowship I've experienced there, um, the accountability that has come out of that place. Uh, my friend, I have some really close friends at UCM um, that, that are my accountability, my guys. Um, and I can honestly say from the beginning of my genuine faith, my personal faith, uh, I am the most extroverted person I know. I think I'm 100% to 0% introvert. Uh, I've never desired alone time in my life. Um, so the people I'm around is very important because that's where my energy is drawn uh, in a worldly manner is from people. And so um, community is huge for me, man. Having the right people around me um, that I get the opportunity to encourage and be encouraged by, I get the opportunity to sharpen and be sharpened by, uh, is everything. Um, in spurring me on. And the days you don't want to do it, you do it because you want to keep up with them. You know, in the days that yeah. you do want to do it, you pull them along um, through encouragement. And so community is huge. That's why we put it, we're putting a whole episode out of three episodes. One of them is all about basically who you're surrounding yourself with, what church you're in, et cetera, uh, because it's been monstrous in mm-hmm. my walk. Uh, so, yeah. And then, and you would say the exact same. Yeah, for sure. So um, where do you want to start? We should probably start by praying. That's facts. You can go ahead. All right. Let's do it. Uh, Lord, thank you for today um, and for this opportunity to talk about one of the ways that that you've chosen to grow us uh, is through the people around us and and through the structure of the local church and and Bible studies and friendships and teammates. And and God, I, I know that that has personally grown me a lot in my walk with you and as a, you know, as a, a dumb human on this planet, God. Hmm. So, so thank you for that. Lord, I pray that your word would show us exactly what we need to see in order to have proper fellowship and proper community and proper accountability. Um, because those naturally um, we fight against in our flesh. So Lord, please show us what that really is and show us how we can live in that. And, and please bless our conversation today. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Um, so after covering... Account like community in our personal lives. I guess we'd start with the importance of it, and then maybe how to get into it, how to how to make it real, where to seek it, um, how to make it practical. Yeah. So speaking on the importance, I'm sure you have scripture that you have pulled up, um, or the idea of it. Yeah. Um, I do too. Just kind of talking about what the Bible says, because obviously we care about this word more than anything. This word is our guide, um, our map, our teacher. Um, our father. And so, uh, talking about what it says about community, Mm -hmm. um, I think is huge. Yeah. So, so we'll start again on, if we were looking down at the idea of, of community from an airplane Mm. and then we can zoom in a little bit and get a more detailed, uh, view on it. So when we look at everything God gave us as Christians to succeed in the mission and succeed in a relationship with him, he gave us three things. He gave us his word, the Bible, he gave us the Holy Spirit inside of us, and he gave us the church, hmm. other believers who can help us and encourage us. And And there's a verse in, in Hebrews, a couple of verses in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25 that says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking hmm. the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. So as we see 
Christ's return coming closer day mm. by day by yeah. day. We should be more a part of community and fellowship than we would be otherwise. Mm. Right? So, so fellowship has two primary goals and that is edify and encourage. Mm. Right? Mm. To conform us more to the image of Christ and to lift us up when we're down. Those, those are the two goals. That's um, but if we look at what that says in Hebrews 10, we are commanded by God to engage in fellowship and community. Mm. Right? Not an option. Mm, not an option. Yeah. No Christian can survive on their own. Mm. Right? Yeah. We see these missionaries. Well, the, the argument to that would be, well, what about the missionary who goes out to a brand new field by, by himself? Uh, and my response to that would be, A, he's probably not by himself. He probably has his wife and kids with him. Yeah. B, they're probably not by themselves. Most of them bring a team with them. Yeah. C, they're definitely not by themselves after the first week or two if they're sharing the gospel. Truly. Yeah, they got If, it. if you have no believers where you are, mm. well, that just means you need to be sharing the gospel and then you'll have believers where Absolutely. you are. Absolutely. Right? So, so this is a command. This is not optional and God places a high emphasis on this. If we look through the book of Acts, if we see the birth of the modern church, we always see groups of people. Hmm. And if we don't see groups of people, that's because one of the disciples is going from one group of people to another group of people to then see the evidence of the power of the gospel and have a group of people. Yeah, exactly. We don't see isolation, Hmm. Right. Everything functions. This, you know, I, I like to to make it, you know, biological because I was a biology major. The the cell of the body of Christ mm. is a local church. And oh. we're just a little molecule that gets plugged into that. Yeah. And that. So uh, firstly, if you are not involved in a local church, you are disobeying God. Mm. Uh, unless you are a missionary going to somewhere to plant a local church, in which case. We are praying for you. Keep up the good work. Mm. Uh, but I, I, for some reason, doubt that we have many missionary church planters in our audience yeah, today, which is, yeah, you know, that's fine. Cool. Praise project. the Lord. Facts. But you need to be involved in a local church. You need mm. to be submitted to a pastor. You need to be submitted to elders. Mm. You're commanded to. Yeah. You're disobeying God if you're not in a church. That's part of the process of learning from people wiser than yourself. Learning from people who have been influenced by the word longer than you, and if they've been like like stewarding their relationship with the Lord well, they are wiser than you. Yep. They they are um, they have more uh, like more of these spirit like these these fruit of the spirit showing in their life because they've been walking faithfully with the Lord, and that is a process just like anything else. And so if they've been doing it well, then you can learn from them. Um, and so that's like what we were talking about. Um, in the last episode, like learning from wisdom of others, you know, mm-hmm. not like neglecting that wisdom. If you think that, I mean, for like you have to be in the word by yourself, but if you're only in the word by yourself, you're missing part of God's will for you Yes, exactly. in surrounding yourself with, with equally yoked believers that will spur you on, that will teach you, that will sharpen you, that will love you. Um, and so that's like that same verse I had actually picked uh, out for this section in ESV. It says, let us consider how to stir up one another and to love and good works, mm-hmm. not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. So sit on that, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some. So don't yep. neglect to meet together. That is what some people do, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day, the proper noun of the day, as in when Christ comes again, yeah. drawing near. 
Um, so as we go on more and more, you know, the longer Jesus has been gone, the more necessary it is. That's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. The more necessary it is that we are with each other yeah. and encouraging in each other, spurring each other on into good works. Um, yeah, not neglecting each other. Um, and so that is such a, such an important thing. Yeah. So I think it's important right now that we get some, some clarifications and, uh, some definitions working for us at this point. So a community is, is simply a body of believers. It's a group of people who are near each other who believe in Jesus. Mm. That's community. Pretty simple. Fellowship is a spiritual gathering of believers. And I think mm. we're going to dive into that in a little bit. Yeah. And accountability is those believers sharpening each other. Mm. Right. So these three things kind of nest. You see fellowship within communities and you see accountability within fellowship. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, so what do you want to dive into first? Fellowship, community. Um, I think that uh, we can see. So um, the other one of the other verses I had picked out was Matthew eighteen twenty, um, which says for where two or three are gathered in my name. This is mm-hmm. Jesus saying that. I am among them. Yeah. And so um, maybe understanding that like if two or three of your homies are gathered and you're talking about Jesus, it is fellowship, but it is not church. Yes. Unless it is intended, you know, unless there is a house church and then you have normally more than two or three in a house church, but um, which then you would still have like a spiritual superior pouring into you. Yes. There's, we're getting into weird, like biblical definitions here. It's a church. If there is a pastor who has designated a body of believers as a church, Mm. yes, that is what a a church is biblically. Mm. It is a group of people submitted to a pastor, submitted to the word of God, meeting regularly at predetermined times Mm. is is a local church. Yeah. Right. So is there fellowship inside of a church? Yes, absolutely. Is a church a community? Yes, absolutely. But they are not, uh, entirely inclusive, right? Again, Mm. not, not, not mutually exclusive, but not also entirely inclusive. Mm. Right. So, so you, you mentioned something, you said fellowship is, you know, a group of you and two or three of your homies talking about Jesus. Mm. And I think that's really important. Great because, thing. Go, but, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Good time. Good time. That, a lot of what FCA was, was a group of, you know, five or six or seven homies talking about Guys Jesus. Guys dudes talking about Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Get into a small Bible study. There's my plug for that. That's huge. Uh, but fellowship is exclusively spiritual. Mm. Right. Yeah. There is a hard line between hanging out and fellowship. Mm. So just because you are saved and your three friends are saved, if you're just sitting there playing poker, yeah, it's not necessarily fellowship. Mm. Now, if you're encouraging each other and talking about Jesus while you're playing poker, boom, fellowship. Edifying times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we confuse that a lot. Because we don't really want to be spiritual, but we want to look spiritual. Mm. And <laughs> that's you, you know so heavy. I, if we 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 don't like we don't want to be spiritual. We want to look spiritual. I think that that's like something that we shouldn't overlook. That it's like that that sentence as as eloquent as it is does hold a lot of weight um, because it's so true. 
that uh, people seek these like, you know, they love taking artsy pictures of their Bible and their notebook in a certain way because they want people on Instagram to think, oh, you know, like this is how we look. Mm. But like if you really want to be spiritual, you will desire, you know, sharpening. You will desire like true fellowship, not just like um, – not just in, I would I call people Instagram Christians sometimes is a term I use when speaking like kind of broadly is like those people that look it but don't really want it, you know they they like are are there they classify themselves as it but they're not really in it you know they're not they're struggling to welcome um, correction and mm. uh, and reproof and they're like uh, and so there's like a big difference and that that is where accountability comes into play. Um, and learning to welcome accountability was one of the greatest like learning points and moment, like changing like periods of my life, like Mm -hmm. this season of change when I started to realize what true accountability was, um, and why I should seek it and why it's so important to have it. Um, and, and what it actually looks like. How did that transition happen for you? Because that's, that's a hard transition of actually accepting real accountability. Mm -hmm. What was that like in your life? Mm -hmm. I would bet actually that, um, so many of the listeners right now are like, they don't have like true accountability. Mm. You know, there, there isn't people that love the Lord as much as them, equally yoked believers that, that are, um, as spiritual as them that are, that are wanting to correct them, that want to speak truth and love and don't care what, how they react or what they think. Mm. Right. Cause you, we talked about before we started the episode, um, there's a proverb that says that a wound from a friend, uh, is more valuable than a kiss from an enemy. Right. And so, uh, me receiving correction um, is so much more valuable. And so it started at, it really became real at um, Canacook, uh, where I was working on a staff, basically like, I mean, 16 hour days alongside these guys that also love the Lord as much as me. Um, and we are, we are on a mission. We are all working uh, and like realizing like the power of, if we all chase this thing together and hold each other like link arms and go after it together, not letting anyone fall behind, like we are, there is such a strong team there. Not only is each person getting built up individually, but as a church, as a little C church, like what the power, like our, our effectiveness, um, goes up Hmm. because each person is like strong and, and is, is being sharpened and being poured into. And so, um, I would say, when I, it was definitely a heart change to start welcoming correction. It was kind of, it all happened at the same time that I was like, I need to improve. So I have to listen to what wiser people than, than myself tell me. And then learning to welcome correction made me almost want it. So I was then choosing to surround myself with people who, who love the Lord as much as me and are willing to be bold because they want to love and love is telling the truth. Um, and so, um, that is, you know, doing it in a certain way uh, to help somebody welcome that correction is is so necessary. And so for me, it was like uh, asking the Lord for heart change, for to humble me. You know that um, that if I was asking for humility, He'll give it. Uh, and so I was asking for humility and for welcoming of correction, and then He gave it. And and then learning to welcome that and see the fruit from that, though it sucks in the moment, has been such a fruitful thing in spurring me on in my walk because I know like. Like sometimes you, it kind of like, like spiritual things break down to worldly actions. So like, I want to do this thing. I want to sin and lust in this thing. But if I do, I have to tell Reverend Donier from camp, yeah. you know, I yeah. have to call Chase, like my best friend from camp. I have to like, 
Like I have this group chat that I have to be honest with them when one of them wants us to check in. Like yep. I have to be honest with them so I can't do that thing. You know, I'm letting down so much more than myself. Yeah. I'm letting down my community and my church if I'm going off and doing that. And if I go off and do those things and don't tell them, then I'm still slandering that group as a whole mm. because because of my actions. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like asking the Lord for help on it and welcoming it because Proverbs like harps on welcoming correction. And so I was like, well, I need to learn to do it because it's my, it's my shortest point. Like my, my biggest stumble was that I couldn't welcome correction. I had too much pride to welcome correction. Mm. And so that's what it looked like for me. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And that's something about accountability that we often miss. So accountability is originally an accounting term like an accountant for a big business that spends lots of money and sells lots of products. Mm. They have to know where every single dollar goes. And so the accountant mm. has to put all of that information, every dollar from every purchase to every sale. It's all put together in a spreadsheet and that spreadsheet is accountable mm. for the entire company. And if something is off, well, then there's an audit and it's, you know, yeah. complicated business stuff. But the point is being accountable in terms of literally what it means is it means I can ask you about any action and you can give an account mm. for that action. Come on. So accountability, you know, we use it a little differently than that. We use it in a, in a modern biblical sense as of this is a person to whom I have to I have to have a conversation if I fall into a sin or if they ask about an area of my life in which I am weak, I'm going to tell them about it so that I can be built. And this mm. gets to the core of what Proverbs 27, 17 is about. Mm. Iron sharpening iron is immensely uncomfortable. That, yeah, that's not a great noise or a great experience. But absolutely necessary if you're trying to make a sword. Mm. If you're trying to be sharpened, if you, if you hit the edge of a sword with a hammer while it's burning hot, it will be formed more into what you want it to be. Hmm. And so God can use the word of the hammer and the, the another believer being the delivery of that. Hmm. And when you're, you know, in the middle of hardship, right, it's warm, it's hot, you're feeling the heat and you're feeling a little bendable because there's so much heat around you and life is hard. Yeah. And then you get hit with something hmm. and it changes your shape just a little bit. Yeah. That's really hard. That's and it hurts. Yeah. But if it is biblical accountability, you always come out on the other end a little more conformed to the image of Christ. Mm. Edifying. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's the that's why we're here. Yeah. That's why all the believers haven't been separated into everyone who's not saved. To go share the gospel because a we wouldn't even if we were there and b we're not mature enough for that yeah we need to be strengthened and built up and shaped and have the tar beaten out of us mm. so that we can be more conformed to the image of christ that's that's accountability and most of our uh, what we call accountability nowadays is not that mm. Most of our talking about what's actually wrong with us is not us being changed and conformed to the image of Christ. For us, most of it's shifting blame and making excuses. And that is, mm. ju you, man, you ID'd it correctly. Yeah. That's pride in the flesh mm. is what it is. We, we are 
change is uncomfortable for us. And if we're conformed to the image of Christ, that means we have to die to the flesh, something we talked about a lot last episode. Hmm. And that hurts. And so we're not willing to do it. And so instead of owning up to our sin, we make excuses. And if we do that, then iron doesn't sharpen iron. Iron kind of looks at iron from across the room and, you know, is lonely and not sharp. Hmm. And that's the trap we fall into, and that's the trap our enemy, Satan, wants us to fall into. He wants us to not be accountable, because that means, well, we're probably not going to share the gospel if not if we're not being held accountable to share the gospel, mm-hmm. which means our friends probably aren't being saved, Yeah. which means that our community is probably not growing, which means that Christ's mission is not being accomplished. Mm. This, this verse just flew into my heart. Um, praise God. It says, Jude, or it's in Jude. Um, so Jude is only one chapter, so Jude 10. Uh, but these people talking about um, the lost, talking about the people that are in the, uh, quote, church, unquote, um, that that are not truly walking in it, say that these people blaspheme all that they do not understand. And they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. So following this heart, this instinct, without guidance, without refinement, is just a dull, dis- like destructive process. Yeah. And so nobody wants to be a dull sword, an ineffective sword. But if we are not willing to go through the furnace, go through the heat, and then be refined through that, uh, through that accountability, through the through the hammer, you know, God's word is the hammer. Um, other people presenting God's word as the hammer. If we are not willing to go through that, then we will never be the sharp sword that we're supposed to be. Yeah. And yeah. so uh, we don't want to be a waste of Christ's blood. Hmm. And so yeah. we have to be a sharp sword. And in order to be a sharp sword, accountability and community and fellowship is part of the process. In Because walking alone, it's so easy to be distracted. Mm-hmm. You know, but walking with brothers, you know, going to army go, or going to war with, with good soldiers of Christ alongside you makes you doing that good soldiering much more, much more easy, much more bearable, you would yeah. say. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about this in the context of believers hanging out with other believers, which kind of begs the question, what should our relationship be with those who are lost? Mm. And I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and, and maybe some experience from your own life of, of what that has been for you. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, I've got some, I've got some verses pulled up that maybe we can mention, but perfect. But why, why don't we dive into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so recurring theme. When you have been saved and you walk in it faithfully for an extended period of time, you will never be fulfilled by hanging out with non-believers. You will you will never um, be like you will never walk away from an unedifying time with non-believers being like that was sick like that I'm content with that. Uh, and so realizing that the only thing that fulfills you is lifting the, rem- the remembrance and acknowledgement of his name. That's the Isaiah 26, 8, uh, because that's what our soul desires. Mm-hmm. And so um, when our when our heart is in line with him, we will only desire to lift his name. And so if we're surrounding ourselves with non-believers, our, really our only job is to, is, to, is to share with them what love is, what truth is, what life is, and that is Jesus. And so that's what will leave you feeling like you did good work. You were a good steward, a good soldier in that process. Um, and so there are times that like I may be playing Super Smash Bros. with four non-believers, and I love them dearly. And so 
in the process of playing Super Smash Bros, I'm asking the spirit for help in making this a gospel activity in some mm -hmm. way. Yeah. And so whether that be the way I react when I lose or the way I compliment them in something or the way I like making sure that that Christ's name is stewarded well by me during that process is my yeah. only role in hanging out with nonbelievers yeah. is to share love with them. Yeah, so, so I'm just going to be super blunt. Uh, if you're not going to share the gospel with your lost friends, you shouldn't hang out with them. Fact. Right? In mm. terms of in terms of what, like, um, camaraderie, companionship, mm. all those fun C words that mean fellowship, mm. uh, it, it, really, the only point of having relationship of any kind with a non-believer is to get the gospel with them. Mm. And, and I think our core passage on this is 2 Corinthians 6, verses 14 through 18. And like, like talk about the word of God being a hammer. This passage is a hammer. Mm. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And we hear that all the time when we talk about marriage. Right? So obviously this does apply to a person who is saved, should not be in a intimate romantic relationship with a person who is not saved mm. uh, if your boyfriend is not a believer and you are he ought not be your boyfriend mm. truly if that girl that you like doesn't know jesus quit turn around run yeah. away ask the lord to take that desire from you read yeah. what proverbs has to say about it and pray desperately that god will get that wickedness out of your heart yeah you have no reason to be in a relationship with a non-believer there's no exceptions well, yeah exactly without exception for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What part hath he that believeth with an infidel? What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Hmm. For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and hmm. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them. And be ye separate, saith the Lord. Mm. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. God is not just saying don't get married to someone who's lost. Mm. You having close friendships with lost people is like the Lord Jesus Christ hanging out with demons. That's what verse 15 said. What concord Truly. hath Christ with Belial? Right? Mm. You, you, when you are choosing to have close, intimate friendships with lost people, in terms of the analogy, that's like Jesus hanging out with demons. Mm. That ought not be. We can't be doing that. For one, they're going to influence us. We will not influence them. Mm. They will influence us. It is much easier to fall down than to pull someone up. Yeah. Amen. Right? Mm. So their bad habits are going to bleed off on us. We're going to give them a bad example of what it means to follow Christ. And other believers are going to see you chumming it up with the lost dudes and think that's the way to get it done. Mm. <laughs> now, am I saying that you cannot be around lost people? No, absolutely not. How are you going to share the gospel with them if you're never near them? Mm. We have to have relationships with lost people or else we're not doing the mission. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is the people who are closest to your heart, 
the people you can count on one, or if you're lucky, two hands of those who, if they were 500 miles away, called you up that they needed you, you'd be in your car, Mm. right? That kind of friendship. None of that should be with lost people. Right? The people, you know, the Bible described the relationship of of, uh, Prince Jonathan and David whenever Saul was the king of Israel. Mm. They said that they loved each other as their own soul. Those friends who are like brothers to you, if they're not actually your brothers or sisters in Christ, then you're disobeying 2 Corinthians 6. Mm. And all scriptures breathed by God. All script, yeah. And to be listened to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I guess it all, uh, it boils down to most of you have probably been way too soft around certain people that need to hear it, right? There have been times that I have been soft and you have been soft around people that need the word of God, need his love exemplified. Yeah. And so we need to step up and not be nerf, right? We need to step up and be sharp and to love these people well and Mm -hmm. to encourage them well and to point them to the truth all in all because you don't really love them if you're not consistently pointing them to the truth if they're lost. Yeah, I have, so this is not a lost guy, but I have an example of my own life when I was at school of a guy who, you know, it it was, it was weird. This is both a a good example and a bad example. Mm -hmm. And so this guy, um, you know, I really loved this dude. And there were a couple times where I, I was just really open and blunt and shared the word of God with him because he was, because I loved him. And the response was, um, not received well. Yeah. 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 I, it, it really felt like there was a brick wall between the truth and his ears. Yeah. That seemed insurmountable. Hmm. And then, uh, after, you know, the first one or two times of that happening, I went nerf. I was like, well, if he's never going to hear me, then I'm just not going to speak truth to him to my shame. Yeah. Mm. And luckily there were other guys who were in the group that we hung out with Mm. who weren't afraid who went after this dude because this is a dude that Jesus died for Yeah, that I was not being good fellowship. I, I was not holding him accountable. Mm. I had quit. I had decided, Oh, if he's not going to hear it. And part of it was that, you know, it'd been a really good season of fruit. And I, and I'd, I had been able to reach a lot of people and had a lot of good fruit from that. People were following the Lord and, and I was excited and I was like, God's using me. And then yeah. I came up to a hard heart and I quit. Yeah. Cause, cause I was soft. I was mm. not as strong as I thought I was. Mm. Right. Yeah. Luckily there are other guys who were, and you know, praise the Lord that, um, you know, God's faithful. Yeah. You know, but I, I will say that that example of my life is, you know, we mentioned King Saul or I mentioned King Saul a minute ago. It's like that God wanted to use King Saul, mm. but because King Saul was not conformed to the mission God had for him, God said, okay, I'll use somebody else. Yeah. And he chose King David. Mm. And King David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Who had plenty of refinement in his life. Who who had, who had to get corrected and yeah. refined. And if it weren't for, for Prince Jonathan, King David wouldn't have been who he was. Yeah. Amen. And if it weren't for Zadok the priest, King David wouldn't have been who he was. Mm. You know, King David had a 
a ton of people who spoke into him. Nathan the prophet, yeah. Samuel the prophet. You know these guys mm. who who did fellowship with King and David. Dealt it straight. It dealt it Gave straight. Gave God's word yeah. and let God's word. Nathan the... the prophet. After King David slept with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed, mm. Nathan just like waltzed in and was like, "Dude, here's the truth. Here's the tr- you are <laughs> the man." Yeah, is is what it says. You know, he gives us the 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 analogy or the the parable of the sheep. Yeah, and and man, yeah. but. God wants to use you mm. in whatever situation you're in with whatever people you find yourself surrounded with. God wants to use you. Come on. Your friends who are believers, God wants you to God wants to use you to sharpen them. God wants you to be the hammer mm. and tell them the word so that they can get closer to God and grow in their relationship with God. Mm. But if you don't, God will use someone else. Come on. Amen. Right? I mean all in all the believers you're around, uh, hold them accountable, love them well. Um, you are encouraged to spend time with them, as Hebrews 10 would say. The non-believers that you're around, you have to love them hard mm-hmm. and love them well. And you you have to, to not fear man. That's what it boils down to a lot of times is you fear their opinion. You fear yep. them not liking you. You fear yep. them... Um, being upset with you or not wanting to be around you, but you aren't called to be around them as best friends anyway. Mm, amen. So, yeah. so, so who cares what they think if they don't think that Jesus is King, right? Mm. So we have to, we have to love them hard, right? Let, let God's word do the talking, um, and live it. Let your, let the, let the fruit, um, of the spirit showing in you do the talking. Yeah. Right. And that, and then be satisfied with planted seeds. Right, plant those seeds and continue to be a good steward of every opportunity you have with them, and let the Lord's harvest be the Lord's harvest. Mm-hmm. If you love somebody hard for for seven years, for ten years, and you're just frustrated, and it seems like they'll never convert, and you're just you just don't know what to do, and they keep to they keep getting convicted, and then going out on weekends, they keep doing these things that break your heart because you really love them. It doesn't matter. Trust God. Trust God. Yeah. It is His harvest. We see that we see that in in two of the gospels. I don't remember which two. I think it's Mark and John. Talk about um, that that Jesus is like I do the harvest. You are my soldiers. You are you go out. Yeah. You go out. You do the work, right? And I do the harvest, right? He is the rabbi. He is the teacher. So just go out and plant seeds with your actions and with your words, and allow the the Holy Spirit to work on them, and then and then watch. And then you don't need to see fruit. You know, it's it's getting to a point where you're satisfied and planted seeds, and you and just loving them well, and understanding that you are not the one that does the saving, um, that it is the Lord through you. And so, I mean, if Braden sitting across from me on two couches in his basement right now, hmm. um, if Braden didn't love me like Jesus for two years, I wouldn't have started the Pure Joy Project. My heart wouldn't be where it is because I, he, in the way Jesus does with all of us through failure and through pride, Braden pursued my heart and cared about me. And here I am, right? The fruit of that shows. And, and there's, there's hundreds of people that Braden does this with and they don't start, you know, they don't get to, they don't get to experience. He doesn't get to see the heart change firsthand, but, but I am evidence of, of what loving like Jesus can do to somebody else's life. Hmm. And so, um, you are important. He died for you and wants to use you. So you have to act like that's true and and love hard. Yeah. Yeah, and, and John 4 is the the reference you were talking about. It says in verse 35, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. 
Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. Right? Mm. And in the other one, in another gospel, it talks about how we have to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would provide more laborers, and mm. then he will. Yeah. But I, I think I, I desperately want to be used by God. Of course. Like, that's it. Like, if we can mm. be good stewards of the gospel that God has given us, then we've won. We did it, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. it. That's our only goal, our only purpose in this life is to be a good steward of the gospel. But I can't do that alone. Mm. And so, um, yeah, find, find fellowship. Mm. Be accountable. Come on. Be teachable. Be sharpenable. Hmm. Be in a community. Have fellowship. And if you do that for six months, you'll be a different person. Hmm. You'll be sharper. Your life is decided by by who you're around more often than not and who you know. And so if you want to be used by God, bring him into every closet and every aspect of your life. Yeah. So if you want to be used by God, bring him into the classroom, bring him onto the practice field, bring him into the church, bring him into your apartment, bring him into your family. Um, allow him to work in every aspect of your life if you want to be used by God. Mm. And so this is, I mean, uh, community, the idea of it, why it's necessary, boils down to to the the edifying action and the encouragement. So we are encouraging you to seek community because the word and, and wiser people than us told us to seek community and we have seen the fruit and it's been so real. So if you're desiring encouragement, accountability, love, fellowship, and joy in other people, you have to pursue that. Yeah. And so this is, yes, your personal intimacy is important, but the next step is doing something about it. Yeah. And so that's where we come to, to community and outreach and accountability. And so um, I, I'm so passionate about people and 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 we are brought here. I mean, the Lord having his his second greatest commandment be to, to love the, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Um, obviously shows that our relationships with each other are important to him. And so love your unbelieving neighbor as, as he loves us, as Jesus loves us. Mm-hmm. And love your believing neighbor as Jesus loves us. And he'll use you. Yeah. And so um, don't be stagnant. Be worthy of the blood that was shed. Yeah. And, uh, and be encouraged. And, and you will find... Um, some incredible experiences and memories. And I promise that surrounding yourself with God-fearing community rather than, than whatever non-believers you're around will give you better memories than what you think you're getting. Will give you better experiences than what you think you're getting out of, out of soft non-believers. And, uh, and if they don't, and if you find yourself at the end of your life, nothing that you can look back on and say, mm-hmm. that was exciting, that was really fun, and then you die and you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ with fruit, mm. with souls, Yeah. then it was all worth it anyway. Yeah, you sat waist deep in sewage like Paul did in a, in a prison. Yeah. You know, and you still loved like Jesus through the process. And, and and he is still spending eternity with Jesus because of it. 
yep. because he listened to the word of God and he acted upon the word of God. And, and now he gets to spend eternity with his creator, right? So first Peter tells us, um, that our trials and our suffering are short, but what it means by short is that our time here is short yes. compared to eternity. Yes, so you may suffer short. every single day for your entire life, but it is so worthy of being able to spend eternity with our creator who knew you by name, knitted you in the womb and, and counted the stars. Right. And so, um, and so if you want to walk as faithfully as possible, mm-hmm. find accountability, find community, find fellowship. Um, there is a church in your area that, that loves the Bible and loves Jesus more than themselves. Find it. Mm-hmm. Right. And there are people in your area that want to walk alongside you in accountability no matter where you are and encouragement. Um, and there are people that need the gospel that, that do not hear it as much and as, and as boldly as they should yeah. that are around you. So you are, you are, you are capable of being used by the Lord and you have to allow him to do so. Yeah. And, and again, we recognize that this is not an easy thing mm. that we're, we're saying there, there are some of you that need to end some friendships. Mm. You got to let some people go because every time you hang out with them, you fall into sin and you need to not see them anymore Mm. and you need to block them and you need to let the Lord use someone else in their life because you failed. Come on. And that is not easy, but Mm. I am telling you from personal experience that it is worth it. It is so worth it. (laughs) And look again, hard. Yes. Easy. No. But this is how we live in 2020, looking forward, deciding that we are going to be a good investment of Christ's blood. Mm. Come on. So you have to make hard decisions because we live in a world that is against us. We have an enemy who is against us Mm. and we have a flesh inside of us that wants nothing more than to sit in sin. Come on. So make the decision. Man. Don't. I would, uh, I would rather be called lame by the lost and good by my Creator than the other way around. Amen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so this thing that you think is sacrificed, giving up these people that you think is sacrifice, these ex- these these experiences um, that you think is sacrifice is not sacrifice at all. Yeah. It is you giving up these things to experience real life mm-hmm. through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so, Sick. Yeah. episode three. Um, we're going to talk about uh, facing persecution and temptation and counting the cost. And after, you, after you've established that personal relationship and you're in that community, what is, what is, what is to be expected? What is going to happen? Um, how to deal with it and steward it? Um, so we're going to give you our uh, couple broken vessels. We're going to give you our take on such and the Bible's take on such. Um, and so yeah. we're going to answer the philosophical question. Why are we here? Why are we here? You're going to know your purpose for living after next week or mm. whenever the episode drops. Whenever or, you decide to listen to it. Yeah. Or so. if you just open your Bible, you could actually get the answer. You don't need us. Yeah. But we're going to talk about it anyways. Man. Um, but thank you all for listening. Um, we're coming up on two hours total record time between these two episodes. Um, two hours that hopefully the Spirit has used to work on your heart. Um, and so looking forward to seeing you for, um, for ep three. Um, and we love y'all. Um, and I'm going to pray for y'all real quick. And then, um, we're going to hit the, the stop button and pick up for episode three pretty soon after. So, um, father, thank you. 
uh, for community. Thank you for, for fellow believers and encouragement and love. Uh, thank you that we can see your creation in other people around us. Lord, uh, I pray that for everyone that that has been soft with your gospel, Lord, that, that you give them boldness. Um, for those that are meek, um, that you that you allow them to be a good steward of your word, um, as it may not be as so easy for some people um, to proclaim what is truth and what is life, Lord. So I pray that first we believe it ourselves, and second that we proclaim that. Mm, yes, God. Uh, Lord, I pray that if somebody needs to take an action um, that is bold, uh, to walk away from a friendship uh, or walk away from a lifestyle or a routine, Lord, that to follow you more wholly that you give them peace in that decision, mm-hmm. Lord, um, and if, your will, or in, if, that, if that is in your will, Lord, and if it doesn't bring them peace, Lord, that through that um, uncomfortability that you, that you refine them, that you, you teach them something, um, Lord, and you teach them to be more dependent on you. Uh, Father, we just love you so much and pray for every listener, everybody that sees this, the name of this podcast. Um, that hears about it, gets texted about it, whatever it may be, Lord, that, that Jesus is seen uh, in these things uh, and that these people take take your word seriously mm-hmm. and go out and seek community uh, and fellowship and outreach and accountability um, so that they can love you better and experience the life that you've promised. Uh, Father, we just love you so much and thank you for all that you do for us and all that we take for granted, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Peace.